Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome to Understanding the Human Condition with our host, Dr. James Flowers. Hey, Robin. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I am so excited today. We have an amazing woman on the show from California today from the Pacific Palisades. Uh, Sydney Holland, welcome to Understanding Hi. the Human Condition. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me on the fo- show, Dr. Flowers and Robin. I like uh, to call you James. But... Yeah, call me. You can call me yeah. James. We we know each other. We go back a long ways, and I consider Sydney a good friend. And uh, and you are just an amazing woman that lives a passionate life. And I want to talk about your life a little bit today, since this Great. is kind of understanding the human condition and. Uh, wanting to know kind of what your idea of the human condition is and and really how the year 2020 has impacted your own human 20 your own uh, human condition so go ahead Robin I wanted to read a little bio about you if I may sure of course Sydney is a philanthropist art collector and entrepreneur she's the founder and partner of the urban and the mystic a uniquely positioned brand focused on creating special moments through the healing power of crystals Following the success of her entrepreneurial career, she has pivoted to real estate, where she currently excels in flipping high-end homes to high-profile, A-less celebrity clients. Most special to Sydney's heart is the work she achieves through the Sydney Holland Foundation, an organization that provides scholarships to improve the lives of at-risk youth and support the arts. Sydney is an avid art collector with over 100 works and is very involved in the L.A. art community. And her most important achievement is that she is a single mother of three young children, under the age of seven. Which is the biggest. (laughs) And the hardest. I bet it is hard. Well, with you being that active, that's my first question out of the gate, and involved in the community in so many ways, how do you do it? I mean, do you you have full time? Takes a village. Yeah. Takes a village. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I have a lot of help. I have a lot of help. In fact, my little boy jumped off the swing set. He thought it was a good idea that my nephew told him to jump off the swing set. He has two broken arms. He's four and a half with two broken arms. Was that Liam? Liam. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. He broke both arms. I've, I've never had that happen to me before in my life. And, oh, you know, I'm not used God. to, I'm used to demure little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point, they're like the wild, wild west. So they're like yeah. feral. You have <laughs> feral children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're crazy. They're very sweet, but they're crazy. Yep. And how's Alexandra doing? You know, she's thriving. You know, unfortunately, you know, we're on Zoom, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous at this point yeah. because. I don't know how a seven-year-old can really have social interaction and learn on Zoom. Right. Right. It's got to be so hard. She has a tutor that helps her. You know, this this whole community has just been so devastated in California with what's going on with COVID. And just think about the people that can't afford Mm -hmm. their school was where they were going to eat their food. Right. And and their parents have to work and they're out of work and they don't even have a computer. And 
their parents don't even have an education, let alone know how to use a computer. It, it's it's really devastating what's going on yeah. with kids yeah. and with the education system right now and in Southern California. It's, it's very upsetting. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, speaking of uh, children and what's going on in Southern California, you're a huge philanthropist in California and the L.A. region uh, and probably everywhere else as well. But um, what have you seen and where have you seen a need to uh, do a lot of your work this year in California? You know, I've really pivoted. I was very, very much still into the arts and I'm still into, you know, helping children and, you know, bringing arts to underprivileged areas, arts and education, but it is a vanity thing to be in the arts because you want your name on the wall and you love to collect artists. But that being said, I don't want to say that that's not important to me because it is, but what's really important to me is how are we going to help all these kids that can't afford food now? Yeah. Right? They can't afford school. They can't, they're not going to school. Their parents out of work. So what we're doing is we're, we, we partnered with just keep, keep living foundation, which you guys, you know, him, I do. Matthew Bonane, we love him. He's a Texan. Yeah. Hey, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matthew. We love you. He's got a great foundation. We bought computers for all the kids. And then, um, I bought, uh, at the UCLA lab school, which was a school my daughter was going to before we made sure that the kids had the, you know, cause 75% of the, the school really is on scholarship there, even though it's a wow. private public school, mm. we made sure that the parents, you know, had food. You know, yeah, because when the pandemic hit, there was no government assistance coming out quick enough for That's people. Right. Yep. And computers for Zoom, and we're doing stuff where they're going to do something with Watts Empowerment with Children's Mending Hearts downtown. We're doing stuff with Miriam's House still with children, you know, with you know, mm-hmm. addict, addict women that are addicts get to go, and they've got kids that that they can stay there while they get sober. We're doing a lot of stuff that we're, we're doing more with kids this year yeah. than ever sure. in the school systems here at uh, at the LA Unified School District. You know, in the in the past, over the last several years, I've been fortunate enough to be invited by Sydney to LA. Uh, to attend Miriam's House uh, annual fundraiser. Why don't you tell everybody about Miriam's House and your work oh, with yeah. Miriam's House? Because I so, it's something close yeah, Mir- to my heart. Right, Miriam's House is incredible. So it's a, a sober living for women that can go with children. They do an annual polo event this year, which I don't think they're doing this year, yeah. actually. So they mm-hmm. really need as much resources as they can get. I mean, they're incredible. I, I've seen so many women there get sober and be able to have their kids there, which is amazing because most of these women you know, drug addicts and alcoholics are, you know, going to get into the court system and their kids are going to get taken away if they don't get sober. That's right. Yeah. 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 You've been an amazing part of that organization. And, and part of your own life is that you're in recovery. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your own. Yeah. How long? 16? I'll have 16 years in February. Congratulations. You know, I got sober at a very young age. I got sober when I was 16, Mm -hmm. 15 turning 16. I went to Hazleton and no one was, no one was an alcoholic then. Everybody was like, you're a bum or you're like an older person to be an alcoholic. And I, I really identified with being an addict. And then, you know, of course, my journey is, you know, I was sober most of my life. I've been through a few rehabs. Yep. And the last rehab I went to was Crossroads Antigua and I stayed sober. Amazing. Sober. Yeah. What is your, uh, your personal uh, secret? What's your personal recipe to staying in recovery? And what advice would you give uh, single mothers out there who are new in recovery? Yeah. It's one day at a time. Yeah. And I mean that. It's one day at a time. It's one hour at a time. It's it's such a combination because it used to be like you'd go to meetings and that was the magic recipe for people. But I don't think it is anymore. I think it's a component of it. I think you need 
you know, a group of, of, of women that support you. I think you need a, a female group. I think you need a sponsor. I think you need meditation. I think you need exercise. And I think you need a community. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a we program, you know, it's not a, it's not an I program. And I think that that's the most important thing I have are females that I can call at any time and talk to and, you know, a therapist. Yeah. I mean, listen, if yeah. you can afford a therapist, go to therapy. If you can afford I to go agree. to a treatment center, go to a treatment center. And if mm -hmm. you can't go to AA on Zoom and, and latch on to somebody who will come and be of service to you and do the steps with you. That's right. Absolutely. I tell everyone, uh, especially about therapy, no matter how well we perceive ourselves to be or perceive mm -hmm. others to be, we all need a good therapist. We all need someone everyone. that is a third, not disinterested party, but someone mm -hmm. that we can go sit with and talk to and just really vomit information and say, how does that sound? Yeah. Bounce mm -hmm. ideas off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I know that historically um, you had an amazing relationship with your father. Was he, I did. was he around when you uh, went into recovery or did he pass before that? He, no, he was there when I went to recovery. I was 20 when he passed away, but I had definitely struggled with my sobriety, but he, he, he was not, a, I mean, he was not a proponent of, my mother was more of a proponent of me getting sober than he was. I think he had a lot of denial. I think he was the denier of the household, but yeah, he'd be proud of me today. Yeah. Abs oh, yeah. oh, he would be very proud of you today, as your, the rest of your family is. You and really all of your siblings, your parents did an amazing job, obviously. You're all successful. You're all entrepreneurs. Um, your your sister um, uh, has a huge podcast series. Your other sister has a, a, a boxing company, and it's just amazing. Yeah, they're all not, they're all, we're all different, and we're all, like, none of them are addicts, which is funny. But. Right. Yeah. They all probably have picked a personality just in different ways. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. exactly right. I know. One of your addictions, I think, uh, I hear is art and a love oh, for yeah. art, right? Tell us about your art and art collection if you're open to that. And sure. I've been in your home. I've been fortunate enough to, to visit at your home several times. And I love a particular piece of yours. I'm not sure what the name of it is, but it's a hologram-like uh, image of Queen Elizabeth. Oh, that's Chris Levine. And I just, I love the queen. I have like three pictures of her. I've got one that says I'd rule. Yep. I just started collecting art. Like, I don't know, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, I was an art history major. So I think deep down inside, I'm a frustrated artist or designer, mm -hmm. but I have everything from photography to a ton. I mean, I just, and I like to collect new and emerging artists to everything from, you know, uh, Andy Warhol, Damien Hirst, but I have a lot of new up and coming artists that I just love and, you know, yeah. Hopefully they'll get famous, but I collect what I love. Yep, absolutely. What's uh, what is your favorite piece? Do you have one particular favorite piece that you'd love to hang on to, or that you think that that when you walk by it and look, you just go, ah, I love this. I like the Mel Bachner, blah blah blah. I, I know which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> Google it, everybody. It's beautiful. I love People it. Love it. It's a great piece. Yeah, it really is a great piece. Because honestly, right now we all just feel blah blah blah. I mean, you're much yeah. more open than we are, I and mean, we are not. I mean, it, in California, you really can't do that much right now. Yeah. In, in Los Angeles, it's very, yeah, very closed. I you mean, know, we really don't do much. A lot of our patients come out of California, and this year we've had an increase of patients that came from California that are coming from California, and it, and it's so interesting hear about th hearing about California and the state of mind that it's in with the wildfires and COVID and everything else that's going on in California and politics and just where we are today. How has this year affected your own 
human condition, uh, anxiety, stress, things like that? Well, when the pandemic first hit, I don't think I was sleeping very much. I was up at like 4 a.m. every day. I was watching the news around the clock. I was in a heightened, in a heightened anxiety state. Sure. And I think we were all in a heightened anxiety state. We were afraid if we opened the door, we were going to get COVID. We were like, you know, constantly sanitizing and we were in our house. And then, you know, I started walking because, you know, luckily I live in Southern California. And I live in a beautiful neighborhood and I walked everywhere. And I think the walking for me was like a meditation mm -hmm. and that helped me. And I got to meet people and I saw people I hadn't seen and I had a connection with people. But, you know, I saw a lot of people, you know, kill themselves this year. I saw depression. Yeah. I never heard of so many people committing suicide. You know, yeah. Sydney, I we were just talking Who about had everything. Yeah. Who had everything. I, absolutely. Looks, money. It wasn't like people that I'd expected either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are these personal uh, people that you know? Personal people I know. Gosh. Oh. Just mm -hmm. amazing. I'm so some sorry. Some sober, some never could get sober. Right. You know, sometimes the money is the root of all evil for these people, is if you have so much money, what, why would you get sober? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you see it every day. Yeah, you do. I, well, I do. Absolutely. So I read the following in the Urban and Mystic website where it says, everything we do at Urban and Mystic is to help you and the ones you love create beautiful moments to heal, celebrate, call in good vibes. A moment is all you need to change your life, and which is a beautiful sentiment and a great brand. So tell us your inspiration for founding that company. And um, Oh, okay. So Courtney, my business partner, who was like my right-hand person for years, saw me buying all these crystals from this crazy lady. She was like selling to every celebrity. I was like collecting it like art. And I really believed in the power of the crystals. I was like, if I have pink quartz, I'm calling in love. If I have the black tourmaline, it's protection. And we just got into it. We're like, how can we bring this to people? That's affordable. That's a feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's so sick of getting flowers. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on, in our own, uh, in my practice, J Flowers Health Institute, we actually buy from Urban and Mystic. I don't know if we you do. know that or not. Do I know, you, know you do. You buy incredible stuff from us, and we, we do such too. a good private label business. And you know what? Everybody thanks us that they didn't get flowers because every time you just get flowers, it's like they die. That's so someone just died, and we have a bereavement box, and I we engrave beautiful things on the bereavement box, like in our hearts forever. And then you know we can put their handwriting. And you know, to people, that's really special because when mm -hmm. people die. Who wants to have flowers that die? I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I get so many text messages from people after those go out that They're says, great. thank you Beautiful. for sending this Beautiful. instead of a bouquet of flowers. It mm -hmm. is amazing. How do we, how do people find Urban and Mystic? So they just go on our website or our Instagram, the urbanandthemystic.com. We're easy. You can swipe up. We ship everywhere in the world. We, you know, we monogram anything for you. We engrave anything for me. And we're very quick. Yeah. I can tell everybody listening today that, that it absolutely is amazing, amazing work that they do. And all of our mm -hmm. uh, folks that we send things to just love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about your real estate because you're like, wonderful at flipping houses <laughs> uh -huh. my one lucky charm yeah. <laughs> so i just love that I when love did the you start process. and how, how did how did you begin all that i started when i was in my 30s in my late 30s uh -huh. at my 37 38 and i just kept going with how you know the real estate market in la is just i don't know how it is and yeah houston same. Austin yeah. well austin's very yeah, austin and huge. la are kind of on the same line yeah. it's yeah. expensive in austin it, it is, is. Very, yeah, yeah. It I hate really to say is. it on air, but it is. Yeah, no, it is. My friend's trying yeah. to find a place there, and right. it's cray-cray. I will say. But it's worth it. I love living there. I will say it's that it. there's something like 
500 Californians a week or month moving to Austin, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just wild. A lot yeah. of people are leaving California right now. You know, and I heard a little birdie one time say that Sydney Holland may be one day open to relocating. Would you ever move out of L.A. and Palis- the Palisades? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a yeah. great segue to um, – I do you know, know honestly, that I think that it's like wherever you're supposed to be, you are. And I yep. think that, you know, I'm so rooted here. But I could see myself in, in, in somewhere in Texas. I think Texas yeah. is a great place to live. Yeah, Texas is amazing. Yeah. And maybe when you meet your future – love Husband or because you are single and i thought i'd mention it on air that's yeah, right i am well that's true i am so i'm open to texans there yep. you go that's right yeah <laughs> we'll what are you looking for what, what qualities do you look for uh in the person with whom you'd like to have a relationship with i think really smart and really funny and honest i think honesty is key yeah rigorous honesty you know because you're over the age of 40 you're kind of set in your ways i hate to say it i'm sure you all yeah. know this that we are inherently set in our way so we want someone who can you know yeah. come into our life and make us the best version of ourselves excuse me mm-hmm. yeah okay. absolutely like covid cough I, uh, so right okay. i know sorry everybody. by the way it's like this covid everybody's like you cough and people like you're in the line they're like you have covid oh I'm i like, know yeah yeah <laughs> and you just say allergies i have allergies yeah allergies that's what i do something by the way um, so many of my friends got covid and they're fine so that's a good news yeah you know, yeah. I, I had COVID, and uh, I don't did. know if you knew that or not. Robin, were, you a, were you asymptomatic? I was asymptomatic, yeah. Robin had more symptoms than I did. I did, yeah. yeah. But I never ran how fever. Do you guys think you got, how do you guys think you got it? Well, well, I think she you, gave it to me. No, you gave it to me. <laughs> you know, we don't know. We've talked about that and said, how do you know. think? There's just no telling. You know, I go to Whole Foods. Uh, it's interesting. Everything is closed, but the grocery stores, of course, are open. And as careful as you are yeah. at a grocery store, you still touch things. And I think, I really do think I probably got it at a grocery store or something like that, buying essential items. Because that's the only, I, we weren't, everything here was closed when I yeah. had it as well. Mm-hmm. And we weren't doing But you had anything. no symptoms, like nothing. I had, the only symptom I had, Sydney, was uh, I lost my sense of taste and smell for three days. And they were gone one morning, and they were back three days later. That was my only symptom. What were yours? Oh, the first three days were horrible. Yeah. I mean, everything hurt. I, I don't know how to describe My flu-like. skin hurt. Yeah. My, it was like a bad cold and, and bad flu parked in my body. Yeah. My skin hurt. My teeth hurt. My head hurt. Horrible. Oh, that headaches. sounds terrible. I do not want this. And then yeah, um, no. day four was uh, I lost my taste and my smell. Yeah. Day five, it decided to visit my GI tract. Yeah. And then, um, and then the fatigue was just so bad. You, I'd get up for two hours. I'd have to be back down for two hours. Up. Yeah. So when did it stop for you? Um, I started to feel better, I think, the sixth or seventh day. But I, I, 10 days that I just yeah. would, pref- you know, just were not Prefer fun. Yeah. 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 And it was actually my first week at the J Flowers Health Institute when I, yeah. when I came down with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for so. bringing it to us. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have any residual effects, either one of you, or no? Fatigue. I, ha- I don't. Uh, she does. She has ongoing fatigue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's so wild. Uh, I have a friend in Austin, a psychiatry friend of mine that, that had it back in June, early July. He still has not been back to work, Sydney. 
I mean, it is, he's a practicing psychiatrist that had COVID who now tests negative, but it's because of his ongoing chronic fatigue syndrome that he's not able to see patients. He wants to be Mm. so present with the patients. That's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, I mean, to me, they got to figure this out. It's just long hauler syndrome. I know. That's right. Maybe that can be part of your ongoing research and philanthropy is helping people figure out what the heck is going on and with long hauler syndrome. So, because you, you're a big philanthropist, you give uh, to UCLA Neuropsychiatric Institute. Is that right? Yeah, because my daughter is, was, was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder at 18 months. So I'm a real proponent of autism and helping people that have autism and people that can't afford to test for autism. Because if you don't have money, you can't get the best treatment. And it's, you know, it's like, it's like everything in this country. If you can't afford it, you don't get it. So right. I'm trying to figure out how you people who can't afford it can get help. How right? did you pick up on that? Pick up on what? With your daughter. The, oh, the yeah. autism. With your the daughter. No talking, yeah. The talking, then stopping talking, the eye contact. She was a preemie, so I don't know if that had something to do it, but you know, now she doesn't shut up. So yeah. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're all right? good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she's good today because of all of the effort and the work early that you put into her. Early, early, early intervention. intervention. Yeah. But you can only do that if you can afford to. Yeah. That's the sad thing about the United States. Yeah, it really is. What do you think the answer, what do you think the solution is to that? Help everybody the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not that I need a socialized but you got to do something where you help people. You can't just be like, if you're rich, you get special treatment. If you're poor, you don't. Right. I completely agree. Yeah. It's, it's a so difficult time. But it's a polarizing time anyways. No matter what's going to happen, it's still polarizing. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's on your plans for the holidays this year? If anything, in Mex- L.A.? Mexico. Yeah. Oh. Nice. I'm trying to talk my mom into Cabo. She's very worried. I'm like, it's going to be better there than here. Trust me. It's warm there. Yeah. Louise, I thought Louise loved Cabo. She should go. She's worried about COVID, I guess, huh? Yeah, and traveling. Mm-hmm. Last year, you guys went to, was it Jackson Hole? Sun Valley. Sun I Valley. Know. But oh. it's too cold, you know, but they're not skiing, so they're going to be bored. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. I saw all the photos. It looked like you guys had an amazing trip to Sun Valley. Yeah, I'm thinking Mexico. Are you going to go out of town? You know what? I don't know where we're going to go. Are you going anywhere? I have to go back to Chicago and freeze. Yep, same thing. That's <laughs> where my family's at, so yeah. I have no choice. Oh, my gosh. Well, mm-hmm. we have, what, two minutes left, I think. I cannot believe how fast well, this flew I know, by. but I wanted to ask a couple more questions yeah, you go. We, uh, that were kind of off topic, but we're like, what gives you the greatest joy in life? What, say it again. I'm what, sorry. What gives you the greatest joy in life? Well, I'm not going to lie because, I mean, I sound like anybody who's a mom, but really, I, I never knew that I'd have a love for children like I do. So I think yeah. the greatest joy for me right now, besides, you know, doing good and helping others is my children. Yeah. yeah. Really my children. Yeah. What's you your- know, at the, end, at, at the end of the day, it's like your friend's family. It's like your family, your mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, all that stuff's important, you know? Yes. What's that your guilty? taught me is that, is that less is more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your guilty pleasure? The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that. those bitches on. <laughs> love the fighting. I love the fighting. And yeah. a dirty tabloid. <laughs> oh, my God. I love a good tabloid. Yeah, there you go. And it's funny because I see all the housewives. I know them all, but I just love watching them. I think it's hysterical. Yeah. I <laughs> sat with you a couple of years ago, two or three years ago in L.A. at the, was it the Beverly Hilton at one of the events? And one of the Desperate Housewives, blonde, I can't remember which one, but we laughed and had the best time. It was so much fun that day. Oh, yeah. I was probably sad. And it just was. to... 
just just you know because i am a board member the friendly house is having their annual function on october 24th it is going to be virtual we still you know they do a lot of great stuff they yeah. have a great sober living they have a great you know rehab for women it's one of the oldest in la i'm still a board member and i'm still plugging away for them too you know i gotta tell you i love monica phillips and and the work that she's doing and peggy albright and friendly house and and what you're doing with friendly house are you guys having an auction this year a virtual? we are and we are and then there's one more thing i have to mention i'm on the board of the kate and children's VM, which is amazing we do amazing things and we're having I'll send you both invitations and yes, I'll be both auctions and James will be good stuff on both of them. for you Excellent. To yep. Awesome. You know me, I love bidding at auctions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's on I your do. bucket yeah. list that you haven't done that you'd still like to do? Africa. In fact, I was just talking to my mom because I, I mm -hmm. want a trip. Oh, I bought wow. a trip. I didn't win the trip. I bought the trip to Africa and we're deciding we should go in April or wait a year. I don't know. Oh, nice. So Africa is for sure on my bucket list and, and also going to the Seychelles or Marouche. Oh, nice. Oh, There's so nice. many places in the world I want to go. Yeah. Do you, you travel know? a lot. You travel a lot. I do. James. Four yeah. years ago, I bid on the auction at Friendly House and won the auction for the Africa trip, a safari. Oh, and uh, I didn't go. And it's expired. Oh, no. I'm going to have to do it again this year if it's oh. there. Yeah. I know, but well, that's, that's okay. The money went to good causes, well, that's true. you know, that's absolutely. True. So well, I do. It's so good to see you. I'm gonna have to come visit you in Houston. Is that where you are Please. now mostly? We are in Houston, Texas. I'm, I'm here most of the time. I go back and forth. I'm in Austin sometimes. You know, I love Austin. You love Austin. Uh, we've done the, the, the uh, oh gosh, Matthew McConaughey Foundation. Uh, tell me the name again. Uh, just keep living. Just keep living. Yeah, yeah, we did that together. I did that with you guys in Austin. That was an amazing weekend. Sydney and her mom uh, came it's to so Austin. It is so much fun. It is so much fun, and uh, and it's a great cause as well. Yeah. As you can tell, she's a huge philanthropist and loves to be involved in philanthropy and giving back. Sydney, come to Houston. Come visit us. I'll take I will you to Austin. Sure. It's so good to see you. I'll come. Yeah. Thanks for right. being Have a good day. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much, both of you. Yeah. Bye, Sydney. If everybody doesn't know how great you are, I'm going to tell them. Aww. There you go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.